Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I am your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter and founder of The Copyworks. In this podcast, I interview marketing and copywriting experts on all facets of, well, marketing and copy, with an emphasis on the link between the two, with a focus on creating higher conversions in your B2B business. I also include recordings from the other side of the table where I'm interviewed by the host of other podcasts and short clips of tips from yours truly on copywriting. In short, you'll find something for everyone in the marketing and copywriting B2B world. Let's dig in. Today's guest is Matthew Holman. Matt runs marketing at two different e-commerce SaaS companies, including eHub and QPilot. He's passionate about marketing, creating content, and driving revenue. So in today's episode, Matt talks about the year-long process of creating messaging for QPilot. It ended up being a single keyword and how they're using it heading into new markets. Let's jump right in. Okay, Matt Holman, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak to me. I'm really excited to get on this subject because it's near and dear to my heart. I say that about a lot of things, but this one, it really is near and dear to my heart because as a copywriter, it's all about messaging. So we're going to get into it that. Really is. Yeah. Um, can you start just kind of briefly tell me like what I know that you're um, you run the marketing for eHub and QPilot. Can you just real briefly tell me what does that mean? Like sure. when you run the messaging? Sure. So yeah. So eHub was uh, my previous company. It's actually where I met my wife. So I don't mind still being associated with it. Um, <laughs> but uh, QPilot is a subscription uh, company for e-commerce SaaS. Really what that means is, you know, I'm running growth and marketing. I'm the one who's in charge of developing our strategy as well as like our high level copy and a lot of things. So we use a few contractors on, on some other things, but it's a fairly small marketing team. So a lot of that responsibility resides with me. Okay. So, you know, I mean, marketing is all about the messaging. And one of the Absolutely. things that I hear, yeah, from from clients or even friends of mine who run businesses that don't understand that. And I don't, I, like I have a friend, for example, who runs her own business and she says, I just can't seem to get my messaging right. It's been like five years now. So I mean, at that <laughs> point, I think you need to figure some things out. So tell me a little bit about what types of messaging did you try before finding the one that you finally landed on? Just a little more context. So we're in a space where there's a lot of different subscription offerings. And depending on when I use the word subscriptions, I think everybody at home is probably thinking Netflix or Amazon Prime. Um, maybe they're thinking about like dog food or something that they're getting regularly. So it's a space where messaging is really important um, just because there's so many different variations and versions. And our software doesn't service everybody. It only services a narrow portion of all those things. So when I first came on, we call subscriptions internally scheduled orders. So the first, my first challenge as a marketer was, do I decide to go into a space where nobody really knows what a scheduled order is because I want to try to redefine that space? Mm -hmm. Or do I want to call it a subscription because that's how everybody understands how it works? So that was one of the first hurdles I ran into. And for a while, we kind of fought to keep the scheduled order mentality going. But eventually we gave up on it because people just didn't 
get it. Like if they were a customer, they got it because they understood that's what we call them internally. But when we're talking outward facing marketing and sales, uh, it was kind of, it was a little bit convoluted. So that was hurdle one. Hurdle two was about, was, is about features. So it's like, you know, depending on other subscription software. So our focus is on physical goods. So you're getting pet food, coffee, CBD. Those are a lot of um, types of companies that are using our software. Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff that we do related to shipping and other features. And so a lot of the copy we were then focusing on was related to kind of like what we did a little bit differently or, or specific pain points we were solving for our customers. And some of those did okay, but it really wasn't anything that just resonated. And it was, there's too many things, right? So I could put out, I was running like 10 different ads with 10 different feature you know, messaging, trying to test to see what would uh, resonate or not. On one of the platforms that we operate on, there's like a, a key lead that's been around for a long time. So we've, we were running messaging then uh, just basically against them. Like I changed our website copy, basically like, you know, you're tired of using all these different plugins to do all these things. And so that had a little bit of traction, just that that kind of differentiation. Ultimately, it took us about uh, about a year when we were redesigning our website, um, which is should be going live, I think this week or next week. So that's, that's exciting as well. Of, Basically around this idea that within subscriptions, it, it really was a pain point that I did not think was very complicated from a feature standpoint, although I knew it was, a, it was a differentiator. And basically it's this idea of flexibility. Subscriptions are typically viewed as inflexible. So we're offering a more flexible experience, but from a pain point perspective, it has to do with the fact that brands are dealing with people that are calling or emailing, needing to change their subscription because they can't do it for themselves. That was the messaging that started to resonate almost immediately, started using that. And I was getting people responding to cold email outreach and other things that we were using. People basically saying, yeah, this is a big problem. You can fix that. And it created this kind of, this is this really great, like start to finish thing of where that aligns with what we do really, really well. And so those types of people that are responding to that messaging are easy to convert and easy to retain. <laughs> right. So you found that pain point. So just to clarify, so when when you say that people were saying they, they wanted to be more in control of their like, what is it if they upgraded their subscription or? No, it's it's more about say you're getting pet food um, or, uh, you know, a really good example is fresh food because that's really popular right now with meals and things like that. Well, what happens if you go on vacation for two weeks and you're getting a weekly uh, delivery and now fresh food is going to be sitting on your porch and you'd be shocked that even like $50 million companies, $100 million companies don't have the ability to like change the address it's going to. So oh. you're trying to like, you're trying to, trying to skip the order or pause the order or something like that. So that's a common use case. Another one is just something as simple as I have pet food and I want to switch the product I'm getting. Most subscription software is like, you have to cancel and start a new subscription. You can't just switch out the product very easily. So there's a lot of innovation in the space that's happening, but that is one where people are like, I need to pause this or change this. I need to update my credit card. And the subscription software brands are using isn't making that really easy. And again, there's a lot of other features and functions that go into that process. And those were a lot of the things we were marketing. Um, but when we found that one, we found something that resonated really, really well with our target customer. Yeah, that's so interesting. Because as you're talking, I'm thinking of the subscriptions that I have. And I tend to not start them because the timing gets off. And like right. you said, if I could easily, like for cat food, for example, I mean, I have cats. So sometimes they love this food. I order a case and then <laughs> the next day they hate it. So right. what do I do? And and so, yeah, being able to go in and say, okay, I need to change this or move it. Or yeah, I could see how that could be an issue. I didn't know that was a, a huge problem though. Cause I don't think I've run into that personally. It's just one of those things with subscriptions that people are reluctant 
most people are reluctant to try them because of kind of what you're saying. You feel like you're going to get stuck with something. You're going to end up with like too much of something because you forget about it. Like, and so that's, that's like the number one reason why people don't do them. So if we're talking about offering a software where it's easy to not have that happen by through engagement, text or email, so that, you know, something's going to come and then reminding you again to check, to see if, Hey, do you have enough cat food? If you have enough, like pause, push it out. Do you want to try something different? You know what I mean? There's a, it's just a little bit of a different customer experience and that flexibility is really important. And on Amazon, they offer that for a lot of products. But what I also notice is that most of them, you're not, you're not really saving that much. It's the main reason right. why I don't do it. It's like, yeah. I can save five cents if I subscribe. I mean, I don't really see a big <laughs> advantage to that. So when you say, so you did a lot of testing. So how did that look like? So you were doing a lot of ads? and how- So we did quite a few things. So being a small team, thankfully, I'm really, really close to the sales process. I'm typically doing a lot of that myself. Um, you know, I'm heavily involved in offering demos. And so I'm directly involved in getting feedback from from leads. We do pretty well with organic search. And so we'll get people that are poking around and wanting to learn more. So that's a place where we can test messaging as well as that kind of initial discussion with um, some initial emails. But yeah, we've run ads. We're running ads on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, testing messaging there as well. The final piece was uh, launching cold email outreach. So we started doing that in January. And that's where it's kind of the simplest and fastest test because I was able to dial upload a list of target customers that I felt like were close to our ICP. And I was able to test the messaging immediately. Our warm reply rates on those were like six or 7%, which is like phenomenal for that type of thing. So it wasn't like a, wasn't a flash in the pan kind of thing. We were basically, were able to target our, we had, yeah, we had our target ICP and I was able to test this messaging that we had invested in the new website and figuring out what we think people really cared about. And finally it was like, Hey, flexibility. And you're struggling. You're tired of customers complaining about having to manage their subscription order. And we got some great, great responses and was able to add a lot to our pipeline and ultimately have people sign up. But it's interesting because you said it took about a year to really mm-hmm. have it all come together. Is that typical for com- coming up with like a messaging or like a value proposition really? Um, like I, I think so. Like, you know, in B2B SaaS, it's always it's always a little bit tricky because part of this part of the problem is that the reason why people first talk to you is not always the same reason why they buy and it's not always the same reason why they would recommend you or that why they love you and and especially in like e-commerce there's so many different things happening there's so many different problems you might be trying to solve and so like before Qpilot when I was at eHub that's a shipping technology company and so they they started out caring tons about rates and so they're just trying to save you money on rates well if you're just talking about saving money on rates. That's what everyone in the space is saying. And so I think from a consumer standpoint, you just start to just kind of gloss over when you hear that messaging, right? And and, and unless you're really, really trying to figure that out, like you might pay attention to some of those ads. So it's really about finding additional ways to like differentiate yourself. So is that something like customer service, which again is a very common prop that people use is there. And so ultimately I think there's two issues. There's one is of scale. Sometimes if you're getting really, really specific, you can't quite scale that, but you actually are able to like really drive real value and results in your marketing efforts. So that's kind of the trade-off is I think sometimes you have to do higher level marketing. Like, so for us with our, our SEO stuff, we're creating articles related to broad topics related to subscriptions, because that brings people to our website. They interact with the brand. When we're talking about like getting somebody across the finish line about mm-hmm. a common pain point that I know that we do really well and that a lot of brands like this are suffering from, that's that comes back to that flexibility and that control issue. So 
So really it's, you have to, you have to do different things and it's about developing that strategy. So it took us about a year because we were trying different things. We were, you know, I was the first real marketer on the team. And also we were launching a lot of different initiatives, trying to see what we could get to make work. And so in every time we launch a new initiative, a new type of ad campaign or a new type of video campaign, you know, you're trying different things. You're saying different things. It's not like you're doing the same thing every time to see about consistency. So there's a little bit of experimentation on, on all, all across like, you know, mediums and as well as messaging. Yeah, it takes a lot. Do, do you use, um, I think there's one, uh, there's, I do some testing with my clients, user testing. Do you ever do things like that where you have uh, an actual recorded review of somebody looking at, or is that too niche down? Recorded review, you mean like, say, of uh, talking to somebody about the product itself? Yeah, the or, one that I've heard of, and I actually haven't personally used it, but it's user testing, and .com is actually the site. And you, you will put, upload like a, a homepage and then you have, you can determine who sees that. So it would be in a niche that you're targeting. And then oh, the right. person who's reviewing it and they get paid a small amount. I think it's $50. I think you have to pay the amount and then they get paid part of it. I don't know, but you, you listen to them. Like they'll have a screenshot of your landing page, say for example, and then you see how their cursor is moving and they have to talk out loud about what is going on in their mind. So interesting. It, yeah. And, it, and that's it, fascinating. It's, it's like, okay, this, you can see where they get hung up. If they say, I don't understand what this is, or I, and they're just, they're told you need to talk out loud. You can't just, you know, move the cursor around. And so then you get those results. There's a couple of sites like that now too. And I, yeah, so that was usertesting.com. Is that? Yeah, there's that one. And there is another one too. Um, it's almost like Hotjar. You're probably familiar with that. Right. right? So yeah. So hot jar full story is something we've used kind of like, but it's like more about just tracking your own traffic to see what people are doing on the page. And mm -hmm. then a really common thing that I, I do is with just hero traffic. So like say on our website, I'll put two different buttons and I'll play with messaging. I'll experiment with the messaging to see if I can drive more clicks to the different buttons to see like, right. To schedule a demo or learn more or watch a mm -hmm. video, things like that. So that's one way I try to, um, a B test basically messaging as well. Um, but I really like the idea of getting more direct feedback because first, and, and we've interviewed customers, right? Like we, like that's obviously has to be a really common part of the strategy of getting what people really like or what they don't like, but yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It looks, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. It was, it's something that my copywriting coach had told me about like a long time ago. And I have, it's one of those things where it's really helpful to just see where people are getting stuck. And mm -hmm. is your message clear? And that's the whole thing about the messaging. And so do you have like a specific sentence that is your value proposition or is it all just like in general, as long as it includes the word flexibility or the concept of flexibility? It's fairly general in the sense of talking about around flexibility and customer control over subscription orders. Um, there's usually a couple of different ways that people run into trouble with what they can manage or not. So we use a couple of different variations of that. Although the new website is, it's really the the tagline is the power to change what comes next. So it's hinting at that we're changing how subscriptions can be managed in general, but it's also the power for your customers to change what they're getting. Um, yeah, I like that because it does say, it leaves it open-ended enough that it could be interpreted in a couple different ways, both of which are relevant. So exactly, exactly. How long did it take to come up? Those things that, I mean, people think that these just 
come out of nowhere. And it probably took months or something, right? Yeah. To come up with that. Yeah, definitely. It's certainly a, a long process of sitting down, whiteboarding, brainstorming with founder um, and other team members, as well as our research. I mean, ultimately, I think for anybody who's who's dealing with this, I would say like maybe a thing of advice is I think the mistake I made early on was when you're new, you don't feel the same level of ownership because you're, you're usually a little tentative and you don't. So it's, it's really about taking extreme ownership of, of those things. So if you're running into issues, if there's a discrepancy between how you feel the value prop is versus the way a founder or someone else, that's a significant stakeholder, you've got to get that resolved. Like you have to get on the same page with all of that, because ultimately I think that's one of the most important things you can do as a marketer is direct that, that main value statement, that main messaging, and that kind of copy just filters down through the rest of the organization. So right now we're working on like internally from a culture standpoint of how that key message, like how does that resonate with, with our team? So we're a remote team. So flexibility matters to us as well, right? Diversity in our hiring and, and how we work is important as well because of that plays into flexibility. So it's, it's having a significant effect on the rest of the company as well. And when you come up with a, a value proposition or the messaging, is it one of these eureka moments? I always wonder, because I haven't worked in corporate, like I, I always am on the, the outside. Um, is it like a moment where you go, this is it? Or do you, is it kind of a gradual, okay, we're working on working at, yeah, I think this will work. Let's test it. It's both. It ends up being both. Like there's, there's times where I'm testing something and I'm like just spending so many, so long and you, so, you can very easily get caught in this cycle of like, this isn't a Eureka moment. It's not Eureka. It's not Eureka. And sometimes it's just like, that's why you have to test it because while there are, while I like the power to change what comes next is a Eureka moment. It was after all these other testing and all these things we ever other did. And, you know, the cold email doesn't have power to change what comes next. It has lines of related flexibility. And that when those, those were like me testing stuff, right. It's like things I'd been thinking about from our research, start testing them, and then I start to see some re some really strong re resonance, and then it's like, okay, this is really great. And then between me and my founder coming up with that website, the power to change what comes next comes out of that, and it's now it's like it just makes sense. Just right. it just makes sense. It's that eureka moment. So it's good to search for the eureka moment. I think looking back, you feel like I think sometimes eureka moments become more clear because you're realizing like, oh, that was that. But I think at the end of the day also get, don't get in your own way. Like you have to just test things, ask people, get feedback, customers, team members, other people in the field, right. As, as a means of just kind of getting it going. Cause sometimes you feel like if it's not perfect, you don't know, like a lot of the brand messaging we see from really big companies, like comes out of all these huge brainstorming and testing and, and research sessions. And, and, and then they still fall flat. Right. Um, <laughs> ones that you think that maybe might not work or be weird, like are do, do incredibly well. Whenever I see a tagline or value prop that I think is awful, and there have been enough that have been public and I can't think of any offhand, but I always think it comes down to ego. Like there's somebody who said, you know, this is just what, because I've, I've seen this with my own clients, where if you're too close to the messaging or there's a, a saying that about, you know, companies like to inhale their own fumes, like you're in this right you know, this conference room and everyone's trying to kind of outdo each other. And then you end up just creating something that your customers can't really relate to. You know, when I, when I right. interview people for a client and it's a marketing interview, there are times that when they'll say something in the interview that is like that Eureka moment, like this quote is going to end up on the page somewhere because it's so good. Right. So sometimes it happens like that. It sounds like in other times it's more of a kind of a slow burn to get there. 
Yeah. And I think like crafting a website is a good example. Like that hero, that, that first headline needs to be as close to a Eureka moment as you can make it. Yeah. Uh, it needs to have a lot of thought and be really purposeful without, and it needs to be direct and it needs to be related to value, like pain or value you're offering instead of like what you think you do. That's cool. Uh, which is a really common thing. And then the rest of the website is like the rest of that le- that homepage is often like full of really great stuff, but it's going to have other things there that maybe aren't feeling, don't feel as inspiring or not. And there's again, ways to track what people are looking at and what they're doing, like you're mentioning and, and full story or hot jar, but it's just a really big process. And, and you are never going to reach a point where it's done because things change, people change. You want to continue to develop and iterate, especially if you're growing. Yeah, exactly. And I've said that to people too. Like when I create a value prop for a client, or I usually give them a few options. I've seen some people get nervous about it. It's like, well, if we use this, it's like, it's not the end all. And I have to say that this is, you know, you can change this. I mean, your business is going to change. Your customers may change. I mean, it's, right. it's just for now, let's try this. And, and it's always about the testing, as you said. I mean, and, and I think that that's something that gets short changed a lot is just the process of, you know, the research that goes into the marketing is not always seen as, it's not that it's not important, but you know, it's like, let's hurry up and get this done. Like, I just hear that from people. Like we need this in a week. Well, you know, it's just not, it's not going to happen. So it's hard to, to get that across sometimes, but so where are you using the messaging currently? Yeah. So we're using that again in our cold outreach that we do on our homepage, um, in some of our ads, and then as well as a lot of our organic social that we create now. So, and creating like, so we've got content related to like subscription tips and things like that, that I do right as a kind of like a top of funnel thing. And so, um, we talk about similar things, honestly, it's becoming the wedge that we're crafting or that we're carving out for ourselves, we might do a lot of cool things related to shipping that other subscription platforms don't even, can't even fathom. And we will still talk about those, but our main point is going to be flexibility. So it's it's about when you need subscriptions that can change. That's the, that's the tagline that was before the power to change. What comes next is when you need subscriptions that can change. And so it's those two things of like trying to, that's what we're going to use as a beachhead going into other platforms within e-commerce. Like, you know, there's different integrations, right? So you go into other markets, there's different software, different competitors. Um, how do you make it clear what you do? I don't think that we're, we're not going to take over the market kind of thing. Like I'm not trying to beat everybody. I'm trying to find that niche of the people that I know that we can service well and that we can offer really good value to and know that scale will come in time as you keep kind of going through that process. So that Mm -hmm. same kind of messaging, this is what we do. This is what we care about. If you are offering a subscription to customers that is just set and forget, we are overkill for you. If it's something you just, you don't have, they don't worry about it or anything like that. There's, you don't need the flexibility. Again, we are not a good fit for you. So don't worry about it. But there are a lot of people that are trying to figure out how to offer this kind of flexibility and this change. And those are great fits for our product. So Mm -hmm. that's what we're going after. And just one last question. So do you have any advice for B2B marketers who are trying to get their messaging down since that is so important? I mean, it's like, are there things that people tend to do wrong? Or like I mentioned, you know, we want to hurry up the process. Yeah, I think a really common mistake is I I say it's like you're talking over the heads of the customer in the sense of like you're saying what you think that you do, which often includes buzzwords, things that are really broad. uh, A really common mistake is is not having a very clear picture of what you do when you're on a website. So again, there's a lot of different mediums to be using this stuff, but the website I think is the most common one for people to kind of understand is 
if somebody doesn't understand within two or three seconds that you can do this one thing at least really well, like you're, you're missing, right? Because the idea that if like you're a data science company and you're out saying we're all about data, well, that's what everybody says. Right. So, so it's, it's really getting behind the why. So the, the tip is, and, and I know there's a lot of buzzwords and stuff related to the same, same thing, but I think it's incredibly important is getting down to the pain point that's associated with what you solve. And if you can get to the benefit or effect of that, then that's where people are, are going to be getting that. So for us, it's like this idea of you no longer have this headache of having to manage all these emails and calls about all these weird changes people want to make to their subscription orders. And that is only a microcosm of all of the stuff that we do, right? Mm-hmm. So, but But if somebody comes to our site and they see that, if they're still looking for a good subscription software, they're not going to leave. They understand what we do. And now they're curious to see if maybe we do some other things. That's, that's, that's what happens. It's not about like, it's really uh, the mistake is when you try to go after everything. So um, other ones like with uh, HR software, like the, the, the B2B space is full of like these really, really big saturated industries with lots of really common software systems. So if we can pick that, like, you know, HR, a really common one I've seen lately is like, Okay, well, maybe that's about pain points related to how people select their insurance plans, right? So if that's something you feel like you do really well and it's a common thing you solve for all of the people or a lot of the customers that you're onboarding, that should experiment with that as your tagline instead of just being we're the all-in-one HR solution, which is something that you see all the time, right? So just think about I always try to think about myself. What would I think? Um, like you mentioned, like seeing other messaging, you know, I drive on the freeway, I see billboards all the day long, and I think what does that company do? And if I think what that company does, maybe I'm not their target market and it's a pain point I have no clue about. So I try not to be too skeptical. At the same time, like if I'm aware, if I'm in that space and I still don't know what they do, (laughs) that's a big problem. (laughs) There's something wrong. And and I just find a lot of companies don't seem to take, it's usually the smaller ones. They don't take it as seriously. You know, like it's, it's just, well, people will know, or I don't, or they do what you just said, which is a very general statement. Like, you know, um, we're the best. And that's that's right. actually the worst because right. no one, you know that's so subjective. Well, yeah, we're the best at dot 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 dot. Like, be if you could if like if you're the best thing at picking health insurance plans, then you can make that claim. We're the but a step further with messaging, as you know, would be like time saved or times like how people are spending this. Like talking about that, right? So you really got to get into get into it when you're playing with good messaging and sticking with one message too. Right. Like yours is right. you know, the flexibility. I think people try to do too much. We want to be, you know, flexible. We want to be, you know, price or budget conscious. And, and there's a whole thing, you know, right. that confuses it. But, um, well, this has been awesome. Uh, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Yeah, I'd love to have people connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and then if you're interested in subscriptions, I have a subscription newsletter called The Subscription Prescription. Okay, great. Well, thank you again for your time. This has been great. And uh, these tips are invaluable for anyone who's looking for honing Absolutely. in on their own messaging. So thanks again. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. Okay, so that wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it valuable. And if you did and you enjoyed it, please be sure to share it with friends and business associates who may find it of interest as well. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn or you can reach out to me through my website at thecopyworks.com and we'll talk to you soon.